0: Let's step away from my words and listen to God's Word as it is recorded in three separate places in the scriptural text. The first, Psalm 30. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, You brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, You saints of His. Praise His holy name. For His anger lasts only a moment, but His favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when You favored me, You made my mountain stand firm. But when You hid Your face, I was dismayed. To You, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise You? Will it proclaim Your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to You and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give You thanks forever. And these words from the Lord Jesus in John 15, verses 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And then, in Dr. Luke's account of the Nativity, in Luke chapter 2, the Gospel of our Lord He is Christ the Lord. This is the Word of the Lord for us today. You might find the compilation of those three separate texts to be an odd weaving of Scripture on the Sunday before Christmas. But the Lord has spoken through these three separate scriptural texts to my heart an important truth. And the thing that I think that binds these three separate texts together is the theme of joy. Joy. The psalmist says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And the angels, in making their glad announcement to the shepherds on that Judean hillside, said, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior is born. He is Christ the Lord. Joy. It's a little word. Comprised of three letters. You can aspirate it in less than a second just like you let the breath out of your lungs, joy, and it's gone. You would hardly think that such a puny little word like joy could carry the weight of Christian fulfillment and expectation. Yet I am fully convinced in my heart that joy is at the heart of satisfied Christian living. That joy is a part, it is the warp and woof of real, credible Christianity. The kind of Christian faith that glorifies God and shakes the world. One of my my favorite Christian authors, C.S. Lewis, says about joy, joy, says Lewis, is the serious business of heaven. I like that. That means that That joy is something that you and I, as followers of Christ, need to think about. We need to take seriously that this is part of serious godliness in our journey here on earth. Yes, it's just a little three-letter word, one syllable, and it's gone. But I want to suggest to you this morning that, in fact, this little word, joy, is indeed a huge word in the Christian faith. Joy is an enormous word. Joy is a noisy word. Joy is a big word. Joy is a great word. And for the next few moments, I want to make a case for joy. That joy is integral to our life as disciples of Jesus. But you must understand that when I talk about joy, when I speak of biblical joy, I'm not talking about a slap on the back and say, have a good day. I'm not talking about plastering a smile on your face or having a cheery disposition. I'm not talking about feeling upbeat for an hour or two. Because biblical joy, true joy, the kind that Jesus was talking about when He said to His disciples, I have come to give you the abundant life that your joy may be made complete. True joy is a deep, deep experience of the heart in which the soul sings to God and has true joy despite life's circumstances. Let me expand on my thoughts for a moment. Psalm 30, our first scriptural text, is a wonderful psalm. Here, the psalmist is a a man for whom things are going very, very well. It's smooth sailing for him. He's in charge of his life. Things are really good. But all of a sudden, out of the side, he's assailed by some kind of an illness. And it's an illness that is really very serious. In fact, it looks like this illness may take his life. And the psalmist in Psalm 30 cries out to the Lord. And he said, Lord, if I go down into the dust, Will the dust praise you? Will the grave praise you? And as you read the words of Psalm 30, you find Him crying out to the Lord for mercy and healing. And then in verse 5 of Psalm 30, there's one of these great verses of the Bible. Weeping may remain for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Friends, that's a verse that you should should type out and stick on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror. It's one of those verses that you should commit to memory. Weeping may remain for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As I scan this audience this morning, and take no offense, will you, but as I scan this audience this morning, there's enough gray hair here this morning to make me know that there's some people who have spent a night or two weeping through the night. I don't know what has been the source of your weeping. Perhaps it was a broken relationship, a marriage, a son or a daughter who's gone astray and rebelled, who's not speaking to you and has no contact with you. Perhaps the thing that has caused you to weep through the night is a recent diagnosis. A diagnosis that is life-threatening and potentially could steal that joy de vivre that you have about life. Perhaps the thing that makes you weep through the night is some failure, some broken dream, a dashed hope. And you know what it is. To weep through the night. Most of you know that I'm a one-year cancer survivor. I come up on the anniversary of this in just a few days. I praise God for His healing touch on my life and recent tests just a couple of weeks ago continue to indicate that the cancer has been ridden from my body and that I've been totally healed. All praise and glory to God. But I'll tell you that there were some nights last year prior to my surgery after the initial diagnosis. Even my wife didn't know it. But I wept many a night not knowing what the future would hold. Not knowing what might lie ahead. And during those dark days, I clung to this promise. Weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I know the reality of what the psalmist is saying. I know the reality of the gospel when Jesus tells us in in Scripture that weeping, crying, mourning does not write the final page of our life script. That that which causes weeping is not the last act in our autobiographies. Because the truth of Scripture is this, and I cling to it. I fasten myself to this anchor today. That weeping may remain for a night, but hallelujah, joy cometh in the morning. Now what you need to understand is that biblical joy is not like earthly joy. In fact, the Hebrew word for joy is the word rinna. Scott, you just finished Hebrew, so check me on this. It, and I see uh, Gus up there who's studying ancient languages. Check me on this, you Hebrew scholars. Rinna is not a very good translation in, for the word joy. Or joy is not a very good translation for the word "rinnah." Rinna doesn't mean that I and Jesus are out in the corner having some warm fuzzies together. That's not what Rinna is about. What the word in this passage, weeping may remain for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's the word Rinna. And to translate it, joy is really a wimpy translation. What Rinna means is not joy. But Rinna means Joy! Uh, Rinna is a vigorous word. Rinna is a powerful word. Rinna is a loud word. Rinna is a word that makes you want to throw a party and annoy the daylights out of your neighbors. Uh, Rinna is, oh, i, I got to do this. Rinna is taking the mallets that God puts in your hand and bang the cymbal. Weeping may remain for the night, but Rinna, joy, loud, vigorous, hope comes in the morning. Rinna is hitting the drums with great rhythm and volume. Rinna is vigorous. Rinna means, I once was dead, but now I am alive. Rinna means, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Rinna means, I once was blind, but now I see. Rinna is the kind of word that makes you want to... I bet you don't even think I can do it, but I'm going Makes you want to jump and kick your heels. Rinna is a word that makes you want to take your hallelujah hanky out of your pocket and start waving it around and saying, weeping may remain for the night, but joy, joy, joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. Praise His name. I'm wondering if Alliance Christians even know what Rinna is about. We need a little Pentecostalism around here. We need some people who will hoot and holler a little bit and will say, glory to God, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Praise His name. We've gotten so comfortable. We've gotten so proper. We're afraid to let loose with a loud shout of "Rina." Rina allows you to remember that the last script of our life is not a diagnosis for cancer. Rina allows you to stare in the face of disappointment and know that even though you lost your job last week and you feel like your hopes have been dashed, that the Lord still gives you joy. Rinna allows you to stand by the graveside when you see the person that you've loved the most lowered six foot down into the ground and know that weeping may remain for the night, but hallelujah, joy comes in the morning. Loud, vigorous, assertive joy. Did you notice in the Gospel this morning The angel appears to the shepherds and proclaims to them, Do not be afraid, for I am bringing you good news of great joy. Why great joy? Because the Lord has come. Joy has come. And joy has a name. His name is Jesus. The One who would overcome the fatal separation between humankind and the Lord God Almighty is is taking our place, is becoming our substitute in paying the penalty for our sin. And this brings great joy. If you read on in Luke's Gospel, From the point of the Nativity in Luke chapter 2 to the point of the Ascension at the end of Luke's Gospel. After the Ascension, the disciples are walking back to Jerusalem. And the text actually says that they went on their way with great joy. Great joy. Why did they walk on their way? Jesus has left them. Why was there great joy? Because the two thought that it had claimed Jesus, but on the third day Jesus rose again from the dead, and in due course Jesus ascended into glory, where He is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, and in His hands all things are in the hands of the One who loved us and gave His life for us, and who brings us home to the Father. And when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, listen to this, this is so essential that you get this, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we don't get just an eternal fire insurance policy, but we are united with Jesus. We are like white on rice, like duck on a June bug. Uh, We are united with Him, and all things that are in Christ are ours. Think of it. Because of our union with Christ, He who is seated at the right hand of the Father, you and I have access to the Father, not through our own filthy righteousness, but through the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ, we can go to the Father and cry out in a spirit of sonship and say, Abba, Father! And He hears us. And the answers are already on the way. this ought to bring us some joy. No. If you let this deep theological truth settle in, it ought to bring you joy. Weeping may remain for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus said, I've said these things to you so that my joy, my joy, the Lord's joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Think about that. Jesus says, I've said these things to you that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made complete. That is to say, Jesus said, He's saying to you today by His Holy Spirit, Here you go. Here's my joy. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Take it. Trust it. Believe in it. It's joy. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter about that diagnosis. It doesn't matter about that divorce proceeding. It does not matter about that broken relationship. It does not matter about that despicable circumstance. It does not matter that there's gas seeping up over there on head drive. Because weeping may remain for the night, but hallelujah, joy comes in the morning. Friends, that ought to bring us To our knees rejoicing. Because His joy is in us. And if you look at the larger context of John 15, which we don't have time to do today, it starts out with Jesus' instructions on the vine and the branches. And He said, you are the branch. I'm the vine, you are the branch. And if you remain in Me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 that the fruit, as the vine and the branch coincide and are united to one another, that there are certain fruit that are born in that. What are the fruits? Love. What's the second? Joy! Joy! You have joy! Not because everything's going well. Not because there aren't problems. Not because you haven't just Laid to rest your dear loved one. You have joy because God is on the throne and His joy is being made complete in you on this earthbound journey. Lewis was absolutely right. Joy is the serious business of heaven. But not only that, We have a responsibility to be spreaders of this joy. It's not good enough to just sense it and to celebrate it. But if you are to be an obedient Christian, a joyful Christian, you need to spread this joy to others. You need to take this joy to the streets. You need to take it out into the marketplace to the places where you work, in your classrooms, and to the hospitals, and the cancer wards, and the elementary schools. You need to take that joy out into the places where people do whatever people do. And let deep joy motivate you to share in ministry to the broken and the hurting and the oppressed in this world. And to do it without guilt or obligation. But to do that ministry with joy because you have been united. You have been bonded with Jesus Christ in your abiding deeply in Him, and this joy just begins to bubble out. You can't contain it! It just spreads wherever you go. And as you continue to walk this journey, you are filled with what the Bible says is unspeakable joy and full of glory. And you must not keep it to yourself, but you must spread it to others. And this is the gift That we can give to our community and the world this Christmas. That as we go out of these doors, we let them in on a great secret. Not that joy has come, but joy has come and joy has a name, his name. Help us, O God, even as we go out these doors this morning to be spreaders of joy, to take the joy that You've placed in our hearts and lives. Lord, there are so many things in this world today that are sources of stealing our joy, taking away peace and contentment. But today, Lord, we want to be joyful Christians. Despite life's circumstance. Lord, we want, we want to take this joy to our spouses. We want to take this joy to our, our co-workers. We want to take this joy to our children. We want to take this joy to our community. We understand that the call on our life is to be a spreader of this joy. To spread the joy of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. So Lord, help us to be joy givers this Christmas despite what we're facing. And may Your joy, O God, unrestrained, powerful, huge, aggressive, vigorous, loud, sometimes annoying, may that joy be our strength. We pray in Jesus' name.